This is Adam Barr. Welcome to the Organic Outreach Podcast. Together, we're learning how to influence our world and share our faith naturally. We do this by providing resources, leading cohorts, and equipping leaders through conferences and intensives. At Organic Outreach International, we believe every Christian plays a part in fulfilling the Great Commission, and this podcast can help you do that. You know, we all know there's a connection between the heart of a leader and the heartbeat of an organization. As leaders, we're all aware that our... (laughs) that our lives are are marked by shortcomings, and and we're grateful for the strengths that we bring to the table. But the longer that we're in an organization, probably most of us have reached a point where we can look and we can see some of our strengths and some of our shortcomings reflected in the culture of that place. This is especially true when it comes to outreach. Today, We are incredibly blessed to have Mark Middleberg here to talk to us about this powerful connection between the heart of a leader and the heart of an organization and some other really fascinating issues. Mark is a best-selling author, an international speaker. He's a leading strategist in evangelism in churches around the world. He's recently released a new training course called Making Your Case for Christ, His book, Confident Faith, won the Outreach Magazine's 2014 Apologetics Book of the Year. He's written other powerful works and is the primary author of the celebrated Becoming a Contagious Christian training course. This course has been translated into more than 20 languages and has been used to help nearly 2 million people share Christ in natural ways. All told, Mark's published pieces have sold a total of 3 million copies. (laughs) Mark was the original evangelism director at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. He led in that role for seven years and then was the vice president, executive vice president of the Willow Creek Association. After receiving an undergraduate degree in business, Mark earned an an MA in philosophy of religion and graduated magna cum laude from Trinity International University in Deerfield, Illinois. We're excited to have Mark on the podcast today. Uh, If you enjoy our conversation, I'm going to promise you, you'll want to be at the Organic Outreach Conference event that's happening at Shoreline Community Church in just a little while. I'll give you some more details on that after the interview. For now, sit forward, listen closely, and enjoy. Well, I'm here with Mark Middleberg. Mark, it's great to have you on the Organic Outreach Podcast. Thanks. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I can uh, still remember being at a Willow Creek Evangelism Conference, Mark, and seeing you uh, present the bridge illustration, the classic bridge illustration. And then you you did this amazing thing where you showed us uh, that you actually, you have to back off from the cliff and you have to take a look at some of the barriers that there are between us and even bringing people to a point of being ready to meet Jesus. That seemed like it was prophetic at the time. Thanks. It's funny. It's a talk I still give at churches and conferences. And I think it visually shows that while, you know, we need to get to the point of presenting the gospel, there's a whole lot more work to do in reaching people in a secular culture like the one we uh, live in. Well, and that's something you've been spending the last 25 years plus thinking about uh, doing yourself and and you have a track record behind you. But I, I, I'm, I'm interested to start our program. If, if you could just, can you, can you remember the moment when you realized I need to spend the rest of my life reaching the lost and equipping the church to reach the lost? Can you remember that, a moment when that really hit home for you? 
You know, it, for me, it's more of a process. Um, some people, and I'm, I'm kind of envious of these people, but some people have that moment, you know, where they're standing in the woods and God speaks and, and he kind of gives them the blueprint for their life. And here's what I want you to do. Um, I'm more of a curvy path, you know, guy who goes, <laughs> you know, I get to the curve in the path and go, what's next. Yeah. And I, I sort of feel like I have renewable leases from God, <laughs> but, but I certainly during that early era uh, where I had gone to graduate school and then was hired as the first director of evangelism at Willow Creek, which was very intimidating. I got to tell you at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, cause I mean, I didn't even really have a, the right background for it. I, my degree was in philosophy of religion. I'm an apologist, um, and I'm going evangelism, but then I began to realize what my motivation for my apologetics was to reach people out, knock what we were talking about a minute ago, knock down the barriers, you know, for secular people and answer their questions and give them information so that you can get them to the point of the gospel. So it started to make sense to me. And then as things took off and, uh, you said you were at a conference. I mean, they were amazing days and just thousands and thousands of people coming to the conferences. And then I started that special, uh, evangelism, uh, conference for church leaders. We would get thousands of people coming to that. And I began to realize, I think God has given me a mantle to, uh, lead by example, but then to speak into, uh, leadership and church, you know, uh, in ministry settings and kind of apply the wisdom I've been able to gain through the school of hard, hard knocks. Yeah. And, well, that, uh, yeah. And, and that's really where it's at, man. I, I think it's so uh, powerful that part of your, your testimony is that, that realization of the connection between uh, apologetics and evangelism. I mean, um, you're so it's, it's, it's funny. You can get around guys who do apologetics and sometimes you almost get the impression they don't like non-Christians. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're into oh, the yeah. philosophy. They're into yeah, the, for, the, for some people it's an academic exercise and right. It, you know, it's, you get training so that you can then be a professional and train others. But I, I kind of throw my arms and go, what's the point? I mean, if this is just going to be like an echo chamber of, of real smart believers reinforcing each other's convictions, you know, what's the point? I, I'm an evangelist first and then an, apolo- an apologist. I, I've realized that now. Um, and I really agree with what my friend uh, Jay Warner Wallace says. He's the author of Cold Case Christianity and yep. several other really good books. But he wrote an article a few years back, and he just said, in today's culture, evangelism is spelled apologetics and, oh. and and he had kind of an acronym built around that but uh i agree i mean we live in a culture where people don't just want to know what we believe and you know what the message is they want to know does it make sense can you back it up and i i think we're all called to really do both to to present the message and make it simple but then to be ready to go deeper and give a backup for it as the scripture tells us to do Right. So we need, we need to be able to give an answer for our faith. And, and we need to remember why we're giving the answer. We're giving the answer because we want lost people to encounter Jesus. Um, yeah, that's the really, way I, I like to say it is we, we're not, our goal, ultimate goal is not to win an argument, though sometimes that's important. But our ultimate goal is to win the person. And if we, if we get too radical and, and intense on winning arguments, we lose the people. Uh, right. They end up saying, you know, 
the guy seems pretty smart and he may be right, but you know what? I don't want to be like him. <laughs> and you know, when we get there, then we've lost the war and it's like, what's the point again? So, you know, that's why I love both halves of first Peter three fifteen. you know, I think you were just referring to right. uh, where it says to all of us as believers, be ready to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have. But then it doesn't stop there. It ends by saying, and do this with gentleness and respect. And especially in the social media world today, those are rare commodities. And I think when someone's getting all, you know, bent out of shape and cussing at us, and we give a gentle answer, and we say, you know, all right, let's not shout at each other. Tell me what you mean. I want, I really want to understand. And then we respond gently uh, and respectfully. I, I think that we stand out like a light on a hill these Amen. days. Well, that, that so itself important. is almost its own apologetic. It's almost, it's, it's an argument for a different kind of kingdom, right? A different system, a different way of doing things exactly. when Christians can show how to disagree uh, without being disagreeable. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, yet we have to stand up. I mean, some people just want to kind of roll over and agree with everyone. And I think the Jesus-like response and what Peter was prescribing there in First Peter 3.15 is a willingness to stand out and stand up for what is true, but yet doing it with a loving spirit. Amen. Well, that's great. Well, Mark, uh, in my, my day job, my, the majority of my time is spent serving as, uh, as a lead pastor in a local church. And uh, that's one of the reasons I was so appreciative of the uh, the evangelism conference at Willow Creek when I was first starting out in ministry. And the resources you continue to provide, so many of them are 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 designed to help churches get mobilized. And and as we were thinking and talking a little bit about kind of where we were going to go with our conversation today, one of the things that I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on was the relationship between. Uh, the leader of an organization or a church and the organization itself. And, and a simple question here, can a church or an organization really get it when it comes to evangelism uh, if the pastor doesn't? That's a challenging question because I want to, I want to give kind of a two part answer. One that challenges leaders because it's really important but also one that gives hope to people <laughs> in the situation you just described. And I've been in both of those situations. Um, for the leaders listening today, I want to say, you know, the old business saying is speed of the leader, speed of the team. Uh, or if you don't right. like business saying, the, you know, Jesus says in scripture, he says the student when he's fully trained will be just like you. <laughs> oh, wow. um, it's a little scary, like, I gotta be honest. Like, no pressure, but you know, they don't really ultimately do what you say, they do what you do. Wow. And so if you want to build an evangelistic church, you need to become an evangelistic leader, and you will set the high watermark in most cases for where your church can go evangelistically. And lest that sound too threatening, I hope we can come back to talking about real practical things we can do because this is hard. I understand pastors and church leaders wear, I was going to say 20 hats, but that's probably old school. It's probably more like 200 hats these days. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I understand that they're not full-time evangelists and apologists like I am. And I get that. And I, I want to offer some encouragement and real practical steps that they can Definitely. take to help build this area, but they need to build this area. 
and it is vitally important. And this is the central reason Christ, you know, said he was leaving us on earth when, you know, when he was leaving and he gave the great commission in Matthew 28 and other passages. He was like, now here's what I want you to do. Here's your main assignment. Go into your world and preach the gospel, you know, turn people to me, make disciples, teach them, baptize them, and so on. That's our, that's central. That is our priority. And right. yet in many churches, it falls to the bottom of the list because the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the oil. And, and usually the squeaky wheels are Christians in the church, not outsiders <laughs> calling. You know, how often if you as a pastor had someone, you know, from the community call and say, Hey, you know, like we're lost out here. What are you doing for us? You know, <laughs> they, they don't do Never. that. We, no. So we have to think and speak for them and prioritize reaching them, whether, you know, even though they're not asking for it. Uh, and in most cases, don't even realize they need it. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to, to do that. So challenge to the leaders. But I want to give the second part of my answer, and that is if you have that passion and uh, vision for you know evangelism and reaching people in your world and you're in a church where your pastor doesn't get that, you can still uh, be a leader and do extraordinary things, uh, maybe hopefully through your church. And if not, you may have to do some things you know, kind of through your own ministry. Yeah. Yeah, but I would good. just urge you to be loving and patient toward your pastor and church leaders, and gently and gradually help them to grow their own vision and really for pr- reaching people. Family, and you can set the example for them. Yeah, I, and and prayer has to be part of that, right? I mean, when Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, "You know, the fields are white; therefore, pray." to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers out. And well, and that's true from obviously from both sides that whether yeah. you're a leader trying to help your church come along or you're uh, a member of a ministry that's trying to help everyone else. Yes. So you can't or, really lead. God, I'm sorry, Mark. Well, that's right. And that's actually one of my points I'm going to get to when we talk about how to help leaders raise this value. Yeah. So how, you know, you can't lead what you don't live. That's kind of what we're, what we're touching on here. So what are the main switches that a leader needs to flip or that need to be flipped for a leader to raise his or her outreach temperature? Um, I'm going to give four, um, but I I just, I kind of want to say first that it's, it's not a recipe or, you know, here's four ingredients, add and stir, and then you'll have instant success. Uh, (laughs) It's a process. It's, it's not that simple, but, I don't want to make it overly complicated. I think there are practical things we can do. And by the way, I do have a whole chapter just on that question in a book I wrote years ago called Becoming a Contagious Church. And uh, a whole chapter on how we as leaders can raise our own, you know, take steps to raise our own evangelistic temperatures. And then the next chapter is on how we can then spread that contagion, you know, positive, contagious spirit into the culture of our church, the leaders around us, and so on. And But but so let me just give you the four uh, ways we can raise our evangelistic temperature. Uh, and these all, all four start with the letter P, so they're easy to remember. Um, the first one is what you already said, Adam, and that is prayer. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying pray more, although I'm all for that. That's not. I'm not just saying if you pray more, then you'll automatically become evangelistic. What I'm saying is focused prayer on that very point where we say, mm. God, 
um, your word tells us to go into our world and make disciples, and that's a priority. And I hear this guy talking on this podcast, and, and it, it makes sense to me, but I know it's not where it needs to be in my life. Rather than getting defensive or covering that up or trying to act like it's you know better than it is, I think just authenticity and honesty first with your own within your own heart and then in your prayer prayers of God to say God I just want to raise my right hand and confess it that is not where it needs to be mm. and I am I'm not happy with that and I know you're not happy with it I know you so love the world that you sent your son I also know Ephesians 5 1 tells me to be an imitator of you as a dearly beloved child so, Lord, I'm asking you to change my heart, to grow my vision, um, and to change my actions in ways that reflect that so that I can become an imperfect, but, you know, at least a, a, a model in my church who is trying to live out this value. And I, I can guarantee you this is a prayer God wants to answer. Um, it's, it's an old black to be principle. You're, you're praying to get in line with something, you know, God is about. So he will answer that prayer if you pray it faithfully and persistently. So prayer is the first Amen. step. Uh, the second word that starts with P is, a, I would say a passage or passages in scripture. And again, I'm not saying just read the Bible more. I'm saying, I think we all know there's certain places in scripture that when we read them, they fire us up evangelistically. Yeah. And, and let me, let me put you on the spot, Adam. When I say that, do you have a passage that comes to mind? I mean, when, when it comes to, to reaching out to lost people, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. Matthew 28 comes to mind. Uh, go yeah. therefore, right? I mean, the, the call to go out, uh, that's one of my favorites. And then Luke 15, when I think about uh, the heart of the father for, you know, the, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, uh, those those passages always move me. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. You just kind of spoke to head and heart right there. I mean, and Jesus gave us the instructions. Here's the Great Commission. That was kind of the, the marching orders for, you know, right. we all get but then you spoke to the heart through the Luke 15 passage and you know, the, the whatever's missing really matters. And, uh, and, and here's what I love. What you just modeled is what I do with church leaders all the time. We know the passages. I'll tell you my uh, top one is John four, where Jesus talks to the woman at the well, the Samaritan. Oh, yeah. And, and just to see this woman who is an outcast to her society, she's a nut a no matter nothing person in Samaritan culture. She's blown it morally. She's slept around. She's still sleeping around. And then she meets the Holy son of God <laughs> and, and he loves her and he builds into her and he speaks to her about the kingdom and he, he values her as a person. And, and then he, but he also puts his, you know, he, he gently partway into the conversation indicates that he knows what's going on morally in her life. And this begins a spiritual revolution in her life. And, and my favorite line is when the disciples come back and say, we brought you food. And he goes, I don't need food. In, in essence, what he says is I've been doing evangelism and I eat that up. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. Yeah. So what I say to, and then, and then you see what happens to her life. I mean, it, it, it's that whole, oh, I the, I, the domino rally of, of the gospel going out into the world. 
I'm trying not to preach the whole sermon here. I'll you didn't run out of time because I got two more points. But well, I'm a preacher, exactly. so it's, it's hard for me not to jump on that, man. Oh, I know. And and <laughs> look, look, look what's happening right now in, in you and me right now. We just talked about three three passages in scriptures, and we're getting fired up evangelistically. <laughs> and hopefully, our listeners are as well. Amen. But that makes that's my point. We all know the passages, and I bet everyone listening can think of other ones that come to their mind right now. Well, meditate on those. Post them, you know, around the house or on your screensaver. Better yet, if you're a teacher or a pastor, teach or preach on them. Because uh, nothing gets into our system more than what we're talking to others about. It's but, what we're made uh, for. Anyway, dwell on those passages and let God's value for lost people get into your heart and soul and yeah. passages you know you meditate you know faith comes by hearing hearing by the word well that's true of evangelistic values as well uh, the third p word is the word partner and what i mean by that is i think uh evangelistic efforts can become very lonely and sometimes discouraging especially in a culture that is often resistant and especially on social media where you might get cussed out and accused of all kinds of bad motives and so forth. Well, I don't think we should go it alone. Jesus sent them out two by two. He sent out 12 disciples to change the world and so forth. I think we need a partner and or partners, you know, plural, Mm. uh, who will be like-minded in this and who, you know, Hebrews 10, 25 says we should spur each other on to love and good. And I, I think we do that naturally when we get around someone who's kind of a carrier of this value. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, personally, speaking personally, that's one of the ways I've stayed fired up all these years is I've been ministry partners with Lee Strobel for over 30 years now. Yeah. And and he, he, and I, he would say the same thing I do, that there's times where you're, the value of evangelism wanes in your life. It just will. But when you're around someone like, you know, in my case, Lee, in his case, me, and you have lunch all the time and you start talking about, you know, people you're trying to reach or people you're praying for or some upcoming outreach event you're doing or teaching or something, it just, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to lunch with Lee and come back all fired up and I was feeling pretty low before I got there. I gotta tell you, just that, that right there speaks to my heart. And I think it will to to our listeners as well. The fact that you've got these two guys, Lee Strobel, Mark Middleberg, two guys who have been, who preach this, teach this, live this, breathe this. And even you guys need someone to spur you on a little bit. I mean, if you're a leader out there listening to this, then you need somebody in your life who is infusing outreach into your soul on a week, on a monthly basis, if you're going to stay strong, right? Absolutely. That's, that's right. And, uh, the more the merrier. And, yeah. uh, and in my, in the building a contagious church book, I go into how we can build whole teams of, you know, people on these kinds of, you know, you know, really raising values in this way. So yes, we all need that. And not, let me uh, mention now the, the fourth P is a person mm. outside the kingdom. And, my point here is it's a simple one, but boy, does this one get overlooked. And that is we can't just sit in the lab as a bunch of believers praying together and reading passages and firing each other up. It, it all has to go somewhere. You have to finally, you know, break out of the shell, out of the holy huddle 
and befriend some real non-believers. And, and for some of us, we got lots of those. It's not an issue. But for a lot of people, you know, who are in ministry, who've spent years in seminary and now years building the church, it is easy to become very isolated, uh, you know, where we are not around non-believers. And uh, it's, it's just all kind of a theoretical discussion. Yeah. And the best way to really grow your heart for people outside the family is love one and be to the point where, as I've said and others have said, it's like, I can't imagine going to heaven without you. Wow. You know, without, without that person. And, you know, I don't want to go there without you. I want you, you know. And so what does it take? What is holding you back? What, and, and then you ask yourself, what do I need to do? They have questions. I need to study more. They have, they don't think church is relevant. I got to make my church more relevant. Uh, what is it? You know, wow. I, I need to just make the gospel more clear. Maybe they just they need a challenge and I just need to have the boldness and courage to give them the challenge they need. But God lead me. And that's, you know, of course that comes back to prayer and, and being encouraged by other partners and, and so forth. But, um, boy, we got to get out of the lab, get out on the field and get in the game. That is so powerful, Mark. Uh, putting a face on eternity yeah. is what you're talking about. You know, you see, exactly. when, you, when you think about eternity, you think about the face of someone you know and love who doesn't need, know Jesus and who needs him desperately. Well, brother, I cannot tell you how much, how, how, how much I've been blessed by this conversation and how grateful I am that you took some time to be with us today. Well, it's an honor, and you know, we're talking about stuff I love to talk about. It's like, is it over already? I, I could go <laughs> on and on, but uh, but I, I love doing that, and I love partnering with Organic Outreach, and uh, I think we have a thing coming up uh, in the spring, uh, in March. and Yeah, uh, March 2019. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And, uh, well, brother, God bless in, you. I live and, in the middle of the country. I'm looking forward to getting out on the coast. <laughs> yeah. well. Especially, especially that that part of the coast. Monterey is pretty hard to beat. It ain't bad, is it? <laughs> well, brother, God bless you. We will be praying for you and praying for your ministry. Thank you for the ways that you've enriched all of our lives with your writing, with your speaking, and uh, and your 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 testimony to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you, and I'll say the same to you, and God okay. bless. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't know about you, but that left me wanting more. I, I'm hoping we'll have a chance to catch Mark again and unpack some of these concepts. But if you'd like to f- hear from him sooner than that, I want to invite you to join us at Shoreline Community Church for an organic outreach event. Um, join us on March 23rd for an event that's being called Confident Faith Discovering Answers to Tough Questions with Mark Middleberg. Mark will answer some of the most challenging questions and objections that people have about the Christian faith. Questions like, why do you believe God exists? Why would God allow evil and suffering? How could a loving God send people to hell? What makes you think Jesus was more than just a good teacher? Why are Christians so judgmental? These and other issues are going to be addressed in this time. I think you're going to find it fascinating to hear and to learn from one of the great teachers that God's given the church today. I want to invite you to visit organicoutreach.org for more details. I want to also encourage you to help us get the word out by joining the Organic Outreach Media Squad. All you have to do is send an email to info at organicoutreach.org and let us know that you want to join the team. 
If you do, we'll send you one of our newly minted Organic Outreach Media Squad mugs. Just imagine how jealous your friends are going to be when they see you sipping your favorite beverage in one of these babies. I think you want to do it. Well, for now, (laughs) this is Adam Barr reminding you, make time to share God's life today.